What's up, y'all? Respect the Chat Podcast, episode 109. We're back with another great episode. Rich is grinning from ear to ear, man. I guess he's happy about being on. We're back, Good, man. Right? We're consistent. This is, what, three weeks in a row? Let's do it. Yes, yes, yes. And I was happy, too. Rich was, when I went to go visit my parents early in the week, Rich was like, yo, we're going to record Thursday. I'm like, oh, all right, here we go. Now these guys are asking about it, and we're rolling, and we're back at it, man. Let's do it. It's simple. This is, this, yeah, this is real simple, easy for us to get together. It's working perfect. I agree. I couldn't agree more, man. And um, Ryan is here as well. You see him. He's in Pittsburgh. Yep. Um, Hanging out, maxing and relaxing, man. We got oh, yeah. football to talk about. We got MMA to talk about. We're going to start with basketball. And um, I wanted to start off by just letting you guys um, think about the question that I was just thinking about as I'm watching the Houston Rockets um, ver- versus the uh, Portland Trailblazers. Right? I'm looking at the Rockets, and I'm like, man, this team to me looks better <laughs> without James Harden. What do you think about this comment? Crazy, right? Or – are you seeing the same thing? Um, well, I'll say they look like a better team. Uh, it's hard to say that a team without James Harden is better. But I do, I, like we said a number of times on the podcast before, I do really like the move Houston made. They got a, they got themselves some picks, and they still put together a, a pretty good squad that can be competitive on a nightly basis to where – they're shocking some teams sometimes and playing really well where you're like, whoa, what happened? Didn't they just get rid of James Harden? Yeah, but you forgot. They got a ton of other guys now. It's not just the, It wasn't just going to be the James Harden show if he was there still. Anyway, so I like the pieces they got. Um, I, I don't know if I can go as far as say they're better, but they have been looking good. Um, I guess we'll just see down the stretch, uh, give them some more time throughout the season. But I really like the squad. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. It's definitely still early. But, Rich, what are you thinking? You leaning more towards Rockets should have figured out a way to keep Harden, or are they are they just as good, Rich, or are they better? Uh, I think they're just as good. I mean, that team, like Ryan said, that's, that's a, a, they're a good team now. Before, it was kind of just Harden with these role players, and if Harden didn't have a good night, they didn't have a good night. But this team got John Wall, Oladipo, DeMarcus Cousins has been playing pretty good for them. Christian Wood, I believe, came back tonight mm-hmm. from yeah. an injury. I mean, it's just a solid team. And that, that's kind of what you need when you get into the postseason. That, that, that was their kryptonite. Once they got in the postseason, if Harden couldn't, couldn't steal the game for them, I mean, that was pretty much it for them. But uh, I, I, I like what they did. I think what they – you know, they got a, a new coach. What's his name's gone to? Dan Tony. What's his name? Uh, yeah, Dan Tony. Mike. Yes. He know. So I think it's a good switch up for the team. And like Ryan said, they got some good picks. So even if they don't, they don't win it this year, you know, they, they, they set themselves up for a good future. Yes. And you mentioned there the kryptonite. You thought the kryptonite, you know, w- w- was what you said. But I think the kryptonite for this team still is they don't have enough big men and they don't have enough big bodies. I think that's the thing that could hurt them. You, you see them, they're out there. I, I believe they're a little bit better with James Harden. Now, like Ryan said, I agree. How, how do you say a team without one of the best players in the NBA is, is better? And the reason why I say it is because I just think they flow better. I think they're playing more as a team. I think they're out there and they want to be involved in these games. What Harden, there was a lot of stagnant basketball and everything running through him. Nobody wants to play with, with anybody like that for a longevity of a time, unless that guy is like winning a championship every year, then it's like, all right, let's just keep riding. But like, they're not. And people get sick of that. And, you know, I, I know I have, when I have, when I've been playing, you know, pickup games or whatever games you play, it's like when this guy just keeps taking the shot game after game after game, you're like, dude, I can't be on this guy's team no more. So I like how this team looks without him because I think they gel and they flow more and guys really want to play. But I think their kryptonite is no big man. You know, I think that's going to hurt them. I think what they should do, though, is they should play Wood and Cousins together. Hmm. That's what I think they should do. Because I don't think P.J. Tucker is going to be able to bang once it becomes playoff time and real basketball time. Yeah. yeah. I, oh, Go ahead, Rich. No, I, I, I think it depends on what, what teams they're playing, though. I think come postseason playing those big men will help them. But uh, during a regular season, I think you can kind of mess around with the lineup and go with you know, a small – a small team on the court or even run those two on the court and see how, how it works. But 
uh, you, you might be right on something right there when it comes to postseason, having both the big men in the lineup. Yeah, I think, Rich, I think you make a really good point that they have the pieces now that they could switch that lineup up whatever they see fit on a nightly basis. They can go small if they have to. P.J. Tucker's played that 5-4 role before. So if they're playing a team where maybe they don't need all that size, they can go small. They could also go with, you know, the two big men, throw Christian Wood on the perimeter because, like I said before, uh, if you're watching those games, he plays on the perimeter a decent amount. Uh, he can shoot the ball real well. He's mobile, so that way it frees up some space for Boogie Cousins down low. He, you don't have to force him out onto the perimeter. But I do like I do like Houston. I do like how their team looks. Uh, I'm interested to see what they look like down the stretch a little bit more as the games go on and you know injuries happen. Like like we just said, Christian Wood just came back with a ankle injury. A lot of those guys have a long history of injuries on that roster. So if they stay healthy, that's a pretty that's a pretty solid starting five with some with some good role players. I agree, and there's still the you know the trade deadline um, to make a move or something like that and add a piece or so. And and leading into that, you know, I want to talk a little bit about Bradley Beal, man. Where do you think this guy Ooh. goes? Does he move on, Bradley Beal? Because that's the hot talk right now. Mm-hmm. This guy's the leading scorer in the NBA. I mean, he's taken, he's gonna level up. You know, it's it's ridiculous. But um, you get it, Westbrook on that team in the off season. Mm-hmm. Do you want to do you want to just hunker down and say, listen, we're not trading this guy. Westbrook's gonna be back soon. We're gonna see what these guys are like together. Or is it time to let Bradley go somewhere else because he's already used a big portion of his career so far, not being able to make any playoff runs, not being able to you know extend his season and possibly win the championship. So what do you think Bradley does? Does he continue to stay on? Um, on watching on the on the Wizards team or does he are they still the Wizards? Yeah, yeah, they're still oh, yeah. the Washington. So, yeah, they, they switched in these like ten times. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, and I gotta be careful what I say when I mention Washington. Um, what do you think he does? Does he stay on the team or does he move on, uh, right? What do you think, Bradley Beal? I mean, I'll start with saying free be- free Brad Beal, man. Ah, it's so tough to see. <laughs> I'm with you. It's so tough to see the NBA's leading scorer stuck in such a situation like that. And it's by no fault of his own either. Um, but they tried. They came out and they got pieces. I think they really tried with getting Westbrook. I think that that was a big thing uh, for Brad Beal just to see that they're trying for him. Like, it's not, it's not that they're, all right, training away everybody and trying to hunker down with picks. Because um, then that shows a little bit of you know bad faith. They're not trying to surround him and make a move. But I still think that it's it's time. I think it's time for him to go somewhere else, to join somewhere else. I don't I don't have a clue as to where. I know there's a bunch of you know targets you could put together in like Instagram posts. So where will Brad Beal go next? But in terms of logical sense, I'm not exactly sure um, where I would like to see him as a as a nba fan but i do want to see him competing i want to see him in the playoffs i want to see his his 40 point 30 something point nights matter you know mm-hmm. oh yeah without a doubt man i couldn't agree more max kellerman um said that bradley beal should go to the bucks and Stephen a said that uh bradley beal should go to the clippers so that's hmm. their opinions and oh my <laughs> gosh I, bradley beal on either one of those teams rich is crazy you know i watch phoenix play and i say does Phoenix, does the Phoenix hit their limit with Devin Booker? Should they trade Booker over there and get a guy like Bradley Beal, match him up with DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul towards the end of his career, Cam Johnson, uh, Jay Crowder, and those guys, you know? Or does or does the the Warriors? Who I'm also watching do they package a deal with Ubre and Wiggins, something like that, and say, you know, let's get Beal and let's go Beal, you know, Curry, and then when 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 Clay Thompson comes back. Clay could play the three easily, no problem whatsoever, especially in the West. Um, what do you think? Where, where do you think Bradley Beal goes or does he go? I took the words right out of my mouth, Mike. I was just, you know, watching the Warriors Phoenix game right now, and I was saying, imagine Bradley Beal on the Warriors with Steph. I think that would be unstoppable, you know. I think it'd be good for the NBA having the Warriors back, you know, in the playoff pitcher. You know, they're struggling a little bit right now. But uh, like you said, you know, going in next year, getting Clay back, he could play the three. I mean, there you go, Steph, Bradley Beal, and Clay Thompson. Woo. But uh, I think it's time for him to go. Uh, 
I don't. I getting Westbrook. I feel like he he he's a tough player to play with, and uh, Bradley Beal. As much as you know, he played with John Wall, but John Wall isn't Westbrook. Russ Westbrook's way much more ball dominant than John Wall was, and uh, yes. I just don't know. I, I just think it's tough to play with Westbrook. I think he's an issue with a lot of like when he went to Houston. He hit the best the best years he had was by himself in OKC with a couple of role players that kind of sat back and let him do his thing. I kind of feel yeah. like that's just a system that Westbrook's going to fit in. He can't have another dominant player with him. It's just not going to mesh right. So either one of those two, I think, would have to go. No, I agree, man. I really, really do. Um, but yeah, free, free Brad Beal, man. Let this guy go play. Let him, let him fly somewhere, man. Speaking of trades, once again, I pulled off a trade today. Woo! Here we go. I woke and up to I, that. Here's the deal. So my f- family, family NBA fantasy football league team. <laughs> it's a mouthful. It's a mouthful, bro. I was so used to saying family. Wait, 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 wait. For the listeners. Run that back again for the listeners. <laughs> That's the NBA family fantasy basketball. Oh, there you go. <laughs> there we go. I said football again. Yep. Come on, Come bro. On, Yo, and I and I was it's laughing late. so hard, so hard the other day. It is late. I was laughing so hard the other day when I listened back to when Rich called him Andrew Reed. <laughs> <laughs> Hit him with the government. <laughs> the Andy Reed government. Oh. I was crying. <laughs> I. Did you hear what I said when you asked the instrument question? <laughs> no. I said, I'm a drum. <laughs> I said, I'm a drum. <laughs> I was like. And the funny thing is, we all knew what you meant, too. We were like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I heard oh, that. I was like, what did I say? <laughs> oh, this is what you get from me, though, at 10 o'clock at night. Oh, these episodes got me crying. But, yo, so I have, I have. Dame, I have Steph, I had Ja Morant, I had Brandon Ingram, I had DeAndre Ayton and a couple other guys. So like, but like those guards there, I said, you know what, like with the team I have right now, I'm okay with giving up two guys to get a superstar. Like, but that's all I'm doing at this point now, because I really like my team before, you know, before yesterday. Um, But if Harden comes across my way or, (laughs) or Jokic or LeBron or, or KD, you know, like somebody like that, you know, like mm-hmm. a, a, su- a superstar. Then I'll sell out a little bit to try to get that guy, you know. Um, I think what soured me a little bit is that um, Memphis hasn't played in a while, so I haven't really got to, you know, get Ja and Dame and Steph together and see what that combo looks like. But I can't pass, pass up KD. Mm-hmm. So me, me and the champ, you know, worked it out. He said, how about Ingram and Ja? I'm like, woo for KD. I'm like, oh, man, okay. I said, but listen. You already said this to yourself. You can get one of those superstars, get them, and I got them. So talking about a little fantasy basketball, what do you guys think about that trade for me? I like it. I think it's a good trade. Um, I I think both parties worked out in a really balanced way where you get KD, who's an all-star potential – or all-star potential, MVP potential uh, caliber player, and – you're giving up someone in BI, you know, who's a solid, a solid guy, and John Moran, who, like you said, you haven't seen play. A lot of his game is on his explosiveness. He's still coming off that injury. Uh, then with all the COVID stuff going on, I still, I still don't get me wrong. I still think he's good. He's gonna be fine, but um, I think getting KD is really big for your team, just to pair with those other guys. Uh, and then for for the champ, I think his team could use a little bit more of that depth on a nightly basis. So that works out for that works out for both of you guys for sure. What'd you, what'd you think, Rich? Were you, were you happy about it? Because I know me and you have been trying to talk about making a move and possibly we still could. I would still like Derrick <laughs> Rose from you, man. One of my favorite players ever in the NBA. I love having him on my team every year, but I also think um, – I also think Derek. I shouldn't tell you this, but I also think Derek Rose is going to get traded at some point here, and he's going to yeah, end you said up back. That to me. He's going to end up back on the, uh, you know, maybe the Clippers, maybe the Knicks again for a round two with Thibodeau over there. I don't know. I think he goes somewhere where, I think his points drop a little bit possibly, but maybe they maybe they go up. I'm willing to take it because I just love him so much. But what do you think about the KD trade? Uh, I wasn't expecting that when when the trade came across and I looked out I was like whoa. <laughs> 
All right, here we go. Blockbuster trade. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. I mean, I like it. I like it at the fact now that Brandon Ingram's on another team, so now I can make a trade and try to get him. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I thought when I was putting him in the deal that you were going to be like, man, I've been waiting for this guy. It just hasn't equaled out. I've been wanting Julius Randle from Rich forever, and I it's that's a tough guy I know for Rich to give up being even with the center position in fantasy leagues. It's like, you know, you need a big man. You need a guy, and especially Randle, double-double guy, possibly triple-double guy. You know, he's having a phenomenal year. So I wanted to ask you guys, though, staying on fantasy basketball again, um, if you – is there one guy on your squad right now? We'll get to the main guy and the stars, but is there one guy on your squad that you're this close to dropping? Rich, you want to start? Uh, yeah, there's a couple guys on my squad. Uh, I, have a, I have a lot of these guys, man, that, that, that score like the high teens, low 20 for me consistently, which I guess isn't bad. You know, it's a 10-man league. Um, we all know basketball pretty well, so – it, you know, a lot our teams are going to have those guys, but I just feel like I have too many of those guys. But uh, in, in my team, I have so many guys that I don't want to – like we, we, we were talking about this earlier about you need two spots to basically have where you could drop guys throughout a week to pick up guys. Uh, but, like, mm-hmm. my team, I really don't have that many of those guys. But, uh, like, Schroeder and D. Rose lately haven't really been producing too much for me. So those were, if I had to cut a couple people, you know, it might be the one of those two. I picked well, up. You, uh, you I could trade with Garland. Him I could, and I picked up Garland. I think his name is from Cleveland. From Cleveland, slow start, but I think he's gonna be. I think he's gonna play well over there. I've been. I I, I uh, hit on Jeremy Lamb. He's been pretty decent for me. Right, but, uh, this guy loves Jeremy Lamb, like <laughs> like like Jeremy Lamb Yo. back in back in UConn playing with Kemba Walker. Get me this thirty guy. points. How, Get me thirty right. points a night, dude. I'm not mad at him. I'm not mad at Jeremy Lamb. I'm not mad. That's a because I got uh, on the same note. I got Justin Holiday for that same reason. Uh, mm-hmm. Pacers oh, nice. needed that extra guard, and uh, so that's that's who I have. But uh, in terms of guys like you're talking about, Rich, my whole squad is made up of those guys where they're getting me ten. <laughs> I, I've just been hit with all all the injuries, the COVID. The, uh, yeah, man. I mean, prayers to Car- Karis LeVert and his family with what he's got going on. Uh, mm-hmm. Finding a mass on his on his kidney or was it his kidney? Yes. Yeah. yeah, kidney. Yeah, he, he had the transplant too, which went well. Nice. So, yeah. my squad and he was playing super well, and I was excited for this trade. I think he I thought he was going to fit in well with the Pacers, but. Um, in terms of my squad, yeah, I that's it's it's a blessing and a curse. Uh, the blessing comes in, I have no trouble picking up and dropping guys on a nightly basis. Uh, the curse, obviously, is they're not getting me a ton of points. So, um, if I when I have a good week and I'm hitting with those guys, I have a very solid core group of guards. Uh, I have Trey Young, I have Donovan Mitchell, uh, I have Buddy Heald, I got Zach Levine. All have been playing super well. Uh, and then my star big man's Christian Wood, obviously. Um, and then aside from that, it's just I'm scraping I'm scraping guys together. Uh, luckily, Lamella Ball's been playing well. Uh, I got that from, I got him from you, Mike, in the trade that we did earlier. Um, I'm lucky enough to pick up. Um, I picked up Delon Wright, who with the fall off of Derrick Rose has been playing a lot better. He's he's the other guard over there in Detroit, and just. Uh, piecing guys together, but with co- uh, four, I've got four guys out with COVID. I had Thomas Bryant tore his ACL. Uh, just thing after thing, where it's like, dang man, I'm putting up a thousand points still with these scr- with these scrappy guys. So uh, to answer to answer your question, after that long thing, I, I got like about ten guys I can name, and my roster <laughs> roster is only fifteen. So. <laughs> anyone could be dropped on ryan's team so anybody <laughs> on that team look out be careful you know your job might not be secure yeah, nice. <laughs> um what what about who would you who do you need more from on your team who's one player or two players you like man listen i need i need more from you if i got more from you i'd be pulling off these wins weekly rich what do you think who do you need more from i need butler to come back this guy hasn't played much for me this all all season uh, you know, he has potential to put up big points every night. Um, 
I don't know. Uh, besides, I, I think Butler would be the guy I, you know, I, I need more from. I just need to, to, to play games and <laughs> get, get these games, these points for me. I mean, yeah. So you know, I, I agree. I agree. Sorry, Ryan. I agree no, with you, okay. Rich. I, I think Butler needs to play, actually play. But uh, I know we had this discussion before. Jimmy Butler, too, is, to me, is that type of guy that, like, is good on your team right now because you don't necessarily need him to be a, like, a 30-point scorer every night. But Jimmy's going to, you know, points-wise. But Jimmy's going to go for, like, you know, 20 and 8, 20 and, you know, 6, something like that, and a couple assists. You know, he's capable of, of racking up the stat line. So Jimmy getting back for you is definitely a big one. Um, right, who do you need more from? Uh, the easy answer for me is Donovan Mitchell. Uh, he's been playing real well. Uh, he, he hasn't been, he hasn't been, uh, you know, a complete bust, a complete letdown, but I was really hoping that he would be, have a breakout year after the bubble and I'm still sitting on it. Uh, but the jazz are just a really good team and they have looked super solid. And I, a lot of the, you know, criticism of Donovan Mitchell, lately has been he needs to be able to take it to that next level uh just in a basketball sense but in a fantasy sense as well I want him to take it to that next level where he could be that go-to guy that doesn't have to get hot just to just to score you know it's a nightly thing it's a more consistent thing uh so uh, if anything I'd say Donovan Mitchell uh more from him but mostly consistency yeah I think I agree with that um for me and my team I'm looking through you know I really like you know, obviously, there's a there's a ton of guys who are, you know, those fill-in type guys like Cam Johnson and uh, Darius Baisley and, and um, Patty Mills, guys like that who I, obviously I would like more from. But, like, you know, they're playing solid for me. Um, I, I would like – I don't know. I would really like, you know, um, Carmelo to put a little more points on the board while C.J. McCollum is out. You know, with him being out right now, I'd love – I would love Carmelo to score a little bit more, make a little bit more consistent shots from three. That'd be nice. But um, I also got Robert Covington, who I picked up this week, who's just going to sit for a little bit. And I just got Anthony Edwards, man. Rich says he's Rich. Rich didn't want him. I was I see him, him and I said I said I'll take this guy, man. And it's a long season. I don't know if I'm going to keep him, obviously. But like I mean, who knows? Right now, you know, he had 33 fantasy points you know, last night or so, or last game or so. So getting him was pretty cool, man. I'll take that, you know. You never know, Rich, you know what I'm saying? One man's trash is another man's treasure. I love these guys. When they come <laughs> to my team, I'm an owner who who cares about their players, treats their players, um, right, with right. spending a lot of money on them, always <laughs> praising them. Whether they stink or not, I'm praising them. I'll tell you right now. So Anthony Edwards is going to be Rookie of the Year, and oh, he's gonna be a no, he's he's, oh bro, this is a real player right here. I'm very happy to have this guy. But that's another day, another time for I'm that's not He'll who be I'm on the waiver be. wire next week. <laughs> okay, okay. So who are you pumped to have on your team? I mean, I'm mean, Anthony Edwards. I'm pumped, but you know, let's talk bigger, big names. Who are you pumped to have on your squad this year, Rich? Uh Luca, Luca, and Randall. Okay. Randall's like okay. going into the draft. Randall was actually someone I wanted to get. I remember him being. Just fantasy wise, he was really good last year. I think he was a, he was in the top ten all season. So I mean, those are my two two dimes right there. Which is two dime pieces, man. You like that, right? <laughs> you like that, right? Who's your two dime pieces? <laughs> uh, <laughs> Keep it PG. I'm gonna have to, you know, I'm no. Nah, let me let me stop. Uh, I'm gonna have to go with <laughs> Trey Young, Christian Wood. Ooh. And then, oh man, I got three. I got to go with Zach Levine. Oh, I, got to, I got to throw okay. Zach Levine in there too. Levine's gonna be on my team. Oh yeah, or mine. That's interesting. I got something brewing for you, right? All right, oh, my ears are okay. open. My ears are got open. Something, got something in the crock pot, man. Something's, something's brewing. Something's cooking up. It's a slow. I roast. like that. I like those though, man. Right, uh, Levine. I tried to get from Ryan previously. Uh, man, he's a beast. Trey Young. I love Trey Young too. It's great. And Christian oh, yeah. Wood, man. Oh boy. Um, I'm. I, I gotta go three two. Um, I love having Steph. I love having Dame. And now that I got KD, man, it's like I got three guys who could put the ball in the hoop like better than anybody in the league. Now it just needs to happen, and I need those other guys to just gel in there. But I'm not done making moves. I'll tell you right now. Nah, um, can't be done. They, Ace Boogie squad and 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 Mike P himself is never 
not interested in a trade. I'll tell you right now. So <laughs> we'll figure something out at some point here. Um, let's jump into basketball before we go to MMA. I mean, not basketball, football before we go to MMA. Um, Aaron Rodgers' future, Matthew Stafford's future, two big names out there. I don't think there's much to the Aaron Rodgers one. I think we see him in Green Bay next year. I think him and Matt LaFleur got a great relationship, and I think the Packers are still really good. Maybe get a couple more defenders. I think the offense is, is phenomenal. Um, get a couple more defenders, and I think they could be you know just the same exact team, make it another push. Um, but for Matthew Stafford, man, Matthew Stafford's on the move. Hmm. Um, Matthew Stafford put out a trade like list of where he would like to go. Let me just quickly get it. It's right here. Um, 49ers one Colts two, jets, three bears, four Panthers, five. So, wow. Matthew Stafford is on the move. So I want to start with Ryan first. Is there any truth to the Aaron Rodgers? Do you think moving on? And then, and then where do you think Matthew Stafford ends up? Um, I'm not really buying the Aaron Rodgers hype. Uh, I think that he came out and balled out for a reason this season. Um, whether I mean, I could be completely wrong, and it could be because he wanted to, you know, raise his stock a little bit uh, and say, "Hey, you guys drafted a quarterback. Look what look what I just did this season. Now peace." I don't think he's that type of guy who's gonna do that. Uh, I think he came and balled out for a reason. So. Uh, for that question, I think that he's he's staying where he's at. He's building in Green Bay. He wants at least another shot at a Super Bowl before he's done there. But I think he'll retire as a Packer. I, I think Packers fans hope for that. Um, but in terms of Matthew Stafford, I like I like that whole list. Uh, I would like to see him any of those places. I've I've also heard. Um, I don't I don't know if it, actually I might be confusing him and. Deshaun Watson. It's confusing when I'm hearing he's going to go somewhere or Deshaun Watson's going to go somewhere. Two big, big name quarterbacks on the move. But I would probably like to see out of that list. Um, ah, see, it's tough because I like I like the Panthers squad. Um, I like the offense they got there. Uh, but I just don't want to see him go to another team where he's going to be below 500 and not in the playoffs and just putting up monster numbers again. So. Uh man, it's t- it's tough from that list, but I think his best shot at doing something and going somewhere would probably be uh, the 49ers. Yes, yeah, I agree, and I'll get to that in a second. Rich, what do you think? Any truth to Aaron Rodgers moving on, and where do you think Stafford ends up? No, I think Aaron Rodgers is, is going to stay with Green Bay. Uh, I think it would be silly for him to go anywhere else. Like you said, he has a good relationship with the coach over there. Uh you know how sometimes they reach for a story this time of the year. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of what this is all about. But uh, Stafford, I, I I like him with the Colts, man. Good mm-hmm. defense over there. You nice. have a good line to protect him. He never played with a line to protect him. So, And the kid slings the ball. So you got Jonathan Taylor in the backfield that could run for him. Decent receivers over there. Maybe, maybe they pick up someone else. Maybe Kenny Galladay in free agency goes over there. Dang. Yeah, wow. that would be nice. That'd be a nice deal you know? for him, right? So I, I, I like the Colts. Yeah, I mean, I, the Colts, man, are very enticing, and you see what they do in Philip Rivers. I think Matthew Stafford is a better quarterback, obviously, at this point of his career than Philip Rivers is. With Philip, you know, being a little up in his age, I think Stafford has so much talent, man. And it was tough to see him year after year in Detroit. You know, kind of like not being able to make a playoff run, not even be able to make the playoffs. Um, did they even make the playoffs? I mean, that's a tough question yeah. to answer. I don't even think they went to the playoffs ever, this guy, you know. Um, there's a lot of suitable people. I agree, right? I think the Panthers have a good thing going, but I think they're on the move from Teddy. I think they're going to bring somebody else in there if they can get their hands on them. <laughs> if not, then keep Teddy, man. He was great over there. Um, and But I agree with Ryan, man. I think the 49ers, him joining the 49ers, I think it would be crazy, man. I I like Debo Samuel being healthy. Brandon Ayuk, man, he he's a, a talented, talented player. The run game is always good. The offensive line is always good. The defense is going to have all their boys back. Matthew Stafford over there, man, is way Ooh, better. George than, Kittle. 
George Kittle. Oh my gosh. Like Matthew Stafford would be surrounded with the best team he's ever been surrounded with. And then you could see what this guy is capable of, but I could definitely see, I don't want to see him with the jets and I don't want to see him with the bears. And I don't think he's going to go to the jets or the bears either. Matthew Stafford has been playing um, in Detroit in a, in an enclosed stadium for years. Um, I think that has a little bit of that thought, you know, that makes you, you know, thoughts go a little bit. I think San Francisco is nice. Most of the year is going to be playing in those nice home games mm-hmm. over there and, and living there. And then Indianapolis is inside. So I think one of those two teams should definitely, definitely. I have a question move. for you guys. If, if Watson doesn't go to a jet to, to, the, uh, to the jets or a team with a top pick where they could draft a quarterback, do you think the Texans reach for Stafford? Yeah, if they if they lose Watson, if they lose Watson and can't replace him with the with a guy coming over like a Sam Donald or or Tua, if he goes there or you know wherever it may be, Carolina, Bridgewater, something like that. If they don't end up with a, I think a top quarterback and I mean a quarterback in the move back over, yeah, you get you have to. Yeah, I mean that, that makes sense. I just. Uh... I de- I agree. I definitely think that makes sense. But I also don't think that the Texans would be willing to make that move with Deshaun Watson unless it's for a team, um, unless they're getting a quarterback in return or a pick in return for a quarterback that they can make and uh, grab a quarterback. But I do think if they secure, you know, uh, talks with Matthew Stafford ahead of time, and they're like, listen, we're going to send Deshaun here and you're, you're going to come be with us, then I could see it happening. If they already know that they're going to get Stafford, then I could see them maybe trading him somewhere where they won't be getting a quarterback in return. But aside from that, I think that I think that he they got to get someone in return if they're letting him go. Stafford should not go to Houston. I don't think that organization is standing, you know. Oh, no. If I'm Matthew Stafford, no, I don't want to go there. Feet. Yeah, they don't got two feet to stand on over there, man. They, they're messing up big time. They gotta get it's this. a shame, too. They were so close a couple of years ago. Definitely. You know, they, they were right there. They seen a couple more pieces, and they ended up doing what the Texans do, and they get rid of people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. No, and Stafford going there, he's still with no line. He's still with half a defense. He's still with no run game. Like Matthew Stafford's at the point of his career, like you got to surround. If you surround this guy with talented receivers, a run game, and a solid defense, he should be able to have that opportunity in his career. To, at this point, to show you what he could do, mm-hmm. you know, we haven't seen that in Matthew Stafford yet. Because a lot of what we see in Matthew Stafford is not not producing enough wins and playoff runs. Mm-hmm. You know, he has stats, but even that takes a hit, you know, or a back seat rather to just the overall you know, record of his teams. Let this guy get on a team. Let this guy, you know, be able to show his talents, man. I really, really like him in either San Francisco or um, or Indianapolis, maybe in New England. I was yeah. just going to say that any any chance he goes there? I think New England's open, right, right? New England's open to get any quarterback. Yeah, I think I think that they're willing to, to make some moves. They saw what it's like without a throwing quarterback, and it just doesn't work with their system. Uh, the way Belichick wants to run that team, I don't think they need someone with an arm. They need someone who's accurate. Um, but I, we'll see. I mean, right now it's all speculation, obviously. But I'm really excited for for the upcoming uh, off season with that. It's like we were said. We said this uh, last NFL off season it's starting to feel more and more uh, like the NBA when it comes to NFL off season with all these big names. Uh, being on the move different places uh last year was our first like one of our first real looks at that where there's so many pieces big names being moved at once i think that this maybe could be another instance of that especially with these quarterbacks isn't it crazy that we can listen i, I want to tell you this also when i know we're recording the podcast i get so excited that day because <laughs> i get to talk to you guys about sports we don't really get to talk about sports enough together anymore because we all have these lives you know that we live in, and and things are busy and stuff like that but like we're all humongous football fans right oh, yeah. so next year you know god willing everything in the world starts to become better and we could actually be seeing top NFL quarterbacks on different teams, man. Like yeah. guys Crazy. who never thought could possibly be on the move, you know, it 
teams are going to be more open to do it with the success of getting Tom Brady or his career. Mm-hmm. So I think I think veteran quarterbacks are going to get opportunities um, to, to prove themselves. Even Phillip Rivers, what he did as well. So what do you think is the most shocking thing we see quickly? The most shocking thing you see in the 2020 season quarterback-wise, Rich? I don't know. I mean, it already started with Watson wanting out. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that was right from the jump, from the season ending. But uh, I'm not sure, to be honest. It's going to be crazy, though, huh? Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know the full list of names of the quarterbacks that are, that are going to be able to change teams, but I think it's a good, solid eight quarterbacks. Like Cam Newton, uh, Watson. Uh, Stafford. Stafford. Wentz, Matt Ryan, possibly. Wentz, Cam, yes. Wentz, Matt billion, Ryan. Guys yeah, there's, there's so many. Yeah, I couldn't remember all their names, but there's a lot. Like oh, you said, going into next season, man, we, we could be seeing a lot of different teams or a lot of teams with different quarterbacks. Yeah, and that's also not not to mention um, the rookies that are coming in with uh, the rookie quarterback class. There's at least four or five big-name quarterbacks coming in in the draft that people are excited to see in the NFL that paired with quarterbacks on the move, teams will look, you know, completely different with a, a new guy at the – even if just changing one piece, you know, quarterback th- controls so much that when you change that, you know, head of the offense, captain of the offense, it's it's interesting to see what uh, how much it changes. And, Rich, you were talking about possibly another team that Stafford might go to. Yeah, I, I, you know, while we were just talking, I think another team that – Stafford could fit in good at what has has a talented young wide receiver would be the Washington football team hmm. uh, with Ron Ron Rivera. Uh, I think I think that's a I think that would be a good spot. No, I agree, Rich. That's another team. Good defense, mm-hmm. great coach, got offensive weapons. You know, I mean, McLaurin is is the best weapon over there, but you know the other guys are definitely you know good receivers as well. The offensive line is decent over there, right? And decent run game, so I could see that possibly happening. Man, I'm not, I'm not definitely. You know, I just want to see Stafford somewhere, not named Detroit. Detroit. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Or Houston. Or Houston. Yeah, hundred percent. But it, you can see with a hat crew tonight, and I oh, got yeah. my, um, I got my Dale Earnhardt camo hat. On. Shout out to Dale Earnhardt Jr. I'm sorry, my man number eighty-eight, right here, the man. I got mine on tonight. We'll get to Ryan's in a second. Rich got on a special hat, though, right there. That, see that hat right there? My boy Buck gave me that hat. My man Bucky Heath. That's Wonder Key Collective. That's their hat. They're a, um, they, they provide computers to kids in foster care, man. So shout out to Wonder Key Collective, man. Check them out on Instagram, y'all, whoever um, follows us and listens to us. So we will greatly appreciate that. And great cause. Buck, we love you. Let us know if RDC could do anything, man. Um, right, what do you got on tonight? You got a hat on. We can't see you. Oh uh, yeah, so so the viewers on YouTube can see me, you know the way we, the way we uh, recorded here. I just got the basic Nike hat on, nothing crazy here. Nothing crazy. But you know, either. I always got the hat on. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to see if you had a Pittsburgh team, if you had, um, I don't, I you know, something funky fresh on on the dome piece. Nah, so. something <laughs> something basic today. Just the Nike dry fit today. Okay. Uh, okay. Nothing too crazy. Keeping it simple. Yes, yes, yes. And a shout out to my sister. Got me this fresh. Look at this shirt. Whoa! If you're not, if you're not for the boys. You're against them. There you go. Shout out to my sister Allie hooking me up with that. So always great, man. Always great to shout out people who are doing great things, though, Rich. Like I said, Wonder Wonder Key Collective. Um, amazing. Amazing, man. Um, let's jump into just quick. We'll do this, and then we're going to go MMA. Let's not go too let's not go too hard on the Super Bowl and what we think is going to happen, but we could at least talk about this. This is the Chiefs. And the Buccaneers, mm-hmm. the Buccaneers are the first team, I think, in NFL history to play a Super Bowl in their home stadium. Yeah. Unbelievable, man. Unbelievable. But let's just do this. At the start of the year, someone says to you, it's going to be the Chiefs versus the Buccaneers. You say what, Rich? It's possible. We, we <laughs> knew Brady was there. Hit him with the. So hit we, I'm surprised you weren't going to hit him with the classic Rich line. What's that? You're crazy. <laughs> <laughs> nah, in the beginning of the year, it was definitely possible. Tom Brady going to any team gives them a chance to make the Super Bowl, and that team was already filled with talent. They 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 got a Bruce Arians there. Todd Bowles to run that defense. 
a lot of young athletes. So, I mean, yeah, it, I, I would have said it, it's possible. Without a doubt. Right. What do you say? Chiefs, Bucks, you say what? Uh, I'd say, yeah, Chiefs, no, no brainer. Uh, Bucks, I would say uh, if they figure it out, and it looks like they did. Uh, from the beginning of the season, I think we all were thinking they have nothing but weapons on that offense, uh, and they already proved themselves to have a solid defense uh, in the past few years, and getting that uh, rookie, Antoine Winfield, uh, at safety is just even crazier. He had a monster season, so uh, they added more pieces to that defense, and Tom Brady got in touch with his receivers. They got Antonio Brown. Gronk started looking better, and, you know, Godwin and Evans are going to do their thing. Ronald Jones and Fournette were running well. So um, I think that uh, I, I would have said if they figured it out, and they figured it out all right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, they definitely figured it out. The Chiefs, um, crazy stat I seen the other day. Tyree Kill and Travis Kelsey, first teammate duo to have back-to-back 100-yard games in the playoffs. Crazy, man. Um, Travis Kelsey, to me, I watch him all year. Ryan knows this very well. He's on his fantasy team, so he's rooting for him and tracking him all year. And Rich knows this, too, from a couple – you know, years ago when we it was maybe last year, the episode when you were when you were boasting Travis Kelsey up, man, about just the accolades that that guy put on. I think Travis Kelsey should be the highest paid offensive player, not a quarterback, obviously, okay. in the NFL, because this guy does everything. Mm-hmm. He is he is so essential. Mm-hmm. On that team, I think he's just as essential as Patrick Mahomes. Obviously, Mahomes carries the torch, yeah. and he's the man, and everything goes through him. But I think having Travis Kelsey is unbelievable. The more and more I watch this guy, the more I say this: they got to pay this guy over and over and over again because he keeps leveling up. What do you think, Rich Hill, Kelsey? Just a crazy combination, right? Yeah, oh, definitely. I mean, when you have a dominant tight end. Like Kelsey, you gotta always pull a safety over to give help. Because a linebacker is not gonna be able to cover him one on one. So once you do that, that you're opening up other other plays downfield. You got Tyreek Hill that can stretch the play. He can run straight down the field, and you got you know Kelsey in the middle or vice versa. You know, like I mean, those two just work perfect together. Tyreek's you know speed on the outside, and then just Kelsey's you know his whole package in the middle. You know, oh, take it easy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> We're excited yeah. about Travis Kelsey. Oh, no, but Rich, Rich, you're right. I I was gonna say the same thing where he does so many things that you don't even see on the stat sheet, and he's still filling up the stat sheet. Like he, yeah. he draws so much attention, and he's just so reliable. Is the word I like to I like to use uh, in terms of fantasy production. A way to put it. There you go. In terms of fantasy production, <laughs> it translates because he's scoring 25 to 30 points and he's not even scoring touchdowns. He just has that many catches, that many receptions, uh, uh, that many yards because he's just always – he finds – he's so good at finding space uh, in the defense. He's so good at just being a reliable third down target. He's just reliable. You can go to him whenever you need him. You can fit him into trick plays. He does it all. So I, I totally agree, Mike. He's such an essential part of such a really good team that uh, I, I think should be appreciated more financially for sure. Oh, with, without a doubt, man. Without a doubt, guys changing the tight end position, I mean, year by year. Um, what's your early prediction on who wins the game? Packers, uh, Packers, Buccaneers, or Chiefs? Who do you think wins this game? Early prediction, Rich. What do you got? And we'll and we'll talk more in depth episodes, you know, later later on when we get a little closer. But as of right now, I'm sitting with the Chiefs getting the win. I mean, there's way too much on that team to slow down. Ooh, did we lose you, Rich? No, I'm still here. Okay, way too much for way too much for any team to slow down. <laughs> that's pretty much all I got. <laughs> okay, that's fine. But then you, <laughs> you weren't sure on our end real quick. What happened? This is what happens when you record late, y'all. Okay? Oh, yeah. Yeah, a little sleepy day. Right, Buck, uh, Bucks, Chiefs, early prediction. Oh, man. Early, early prediction, I would have to go Chiefs as well. Uh, it's just the offense is, is 
clicking like it always is. And uh, the Bucks defense is solid. It's a solid unit. Um, if they have all their guys ready to go on Super Bowl Sunday, they they may be the the stopping force for for uh, Mahomes and the Chiefs offense. But as of right now, you know I haven't dug too much into it. I'm just gonna go with the Chiefs as an early prediction. But my prediction could change come come the next one. So we'll see. Without a doubt, my early prediction is going to be the Buccaneers, man, only because – well, not only because. I think having Eric Fisher out, the uh, the offensive tackle with a torn Achilles for the Chiefs is tough. I believe they have another lineman out as well. Um, Patrick Mahomes, I think, could play with any lineman, so I don't think it's going to be a crazy significance. But when you're playing a defense like the Buccaneers, they can make things really – messy for you by putting you in bad spots you know making you make hasty decisions there's no one better than that than patrick mahomes to adjust so i think this is going to be a great and absolute awesome super bowl that we have on our hands the goat and tom brady the future goat and patrick mahomes uh kelsey and hill Godwin and Evans, a- Antonio Brown is in the Super Bowl. Le- uh, Le'Veon Bell is going to be playing in the game. He's going to be in the Super Bowl. I mean, the list goes on and on. Devin White, you know this this um, receipt, this um, linebacker who's unbelievable. Uh, you know when he's coming up, Winfield Jr., a mm-hmm. safety. You know on the come up, it's just superstars all over the field. Tyron Matthew, like. This is the game. You know what I'm saying? This is the game you want to see Super Bowl Sunday when your team's not playing in it. You want a very entertaining game like this. So oh, yeah. I'm going to go Buccaneers, man. I'm going to go, how do you stop the juice? The juice is going to be flowing with them at home, sleeping in their own beds, <laughs> the stadium, Tom Brady. And there goes the whole discussion, and Brady is the man, like I said last week. But we won't get into that, but that's okay. Neither here nor there. We're going to have that discussion, Brady or or, or – um, Belichick, it's going to change if Brady wins. But that's another time. We're going to get Frankie on for that. Let's go to MMA because I know we could discuss this for a little bit. And we got a ton of MMA fans out there. Shout out my boy, Group Home Greg, who I love to shout out every single um, episode. Greg Cuffman, great guy, uh, hits me up this week and tells me he's been watching more UFC, man. Whoa, here we go. Tell me he's into, into you know, MMA. I'm loving it, man. I said, keep going, man. Keep listening to us. You know, you'll get more interested in it, and you'll buy in. But Conor McGregor, Dustin Poirier, uh, Dan Hooker, Michael Chandler, we'll talk about it, and then we'll talk about the division. We got I got a lot to ask you guys, okay? okay. First, let's do this, though. Conor, Dustin, Rich, what do you take away from it? Uh, I, 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 I think this is going to humble Conor a little bit and make him hungry to continue fighting. That's kind of what we talked about in the last podcast. You know, I said, I want to see him fight more. And uh, I think this is going to, to bring that out of him, you know, take, you know, he, he had a good performance going and, and Dustin just chopped that, that, you know, his leg and he, he, he couldn't do much from there. But uh, I think this is going to motivate Conor. Uh, I think Dustin should get another, another title shot, mm-hmm. you know, so I think I think this worked out pretty good all around this fight, you know, being able to see Dustin in a title match again and then hopefully getting to see Connor a lot more. Definitely. What do you take away from this fight, right? Connor versus uh Poirier. My biggest takeaway probably is the fact that Connor, if he wants to do the things that he's saying in this, you know, post fight interviews and all these interviews he's doing, uh, he's just gonna have to fight more, like Rich said. We just wanna see him fight. Like we're uh, as UFC fans, uh, the UFC is better when he's fighting, when when you know he could be on an upcoming card. And uh, I just want to see him, you know, back to his winning ways. Uh, I, I think that no matter what you say about, oh, he's looking in the best shape. And he did look good coming out, you know, of the tunnel and whatever. But what all that matters is what happens in that octagon and in those rounds. So I think that that... This fight really, you know, opens his eyes to if that's what he wants his next few years to be, uh, he's just going to have to get in and, you know, start fighting. That's what the UFC is about. You, you get rewarded for fighting. So um, in terms of that, for, for Dustin, I, I agree. I think he deserves another shot at the title, whatever that looks like, uh, whether it's an interim, whatever, or Khabib comes back and then retires, whatever it is, I think Dustin should be one of the first in line for that. 
No, no, I agree totally. I think Dustin is in line for the title shot. Um, if it Khabib doesn't come back, which I don't think he does, I think he takes a year or so off. Uh, it's vacant. I think it's got to be Dustin um, mm-hmm. fighting in that fight versus who. We could talk about that in a couple minutes. Um, just quickly, the light heavyweight division rankings coming out. Um, Dustin is one. Justin Gaethje. Sorry. Say, Sorry. Uh, did you say lightweight or light heavyweight? Light. Oh, I might have said light heavyweight, but it's lightweight. So if, if I didn't, okay. you know, edit that part out. Make me sound good. I got um, you. <laughs> in the light, we got Dustin Poirier, Justin Gaethje, Charles Oliveira, Michael Chandler, uh, Conor McGregor, Ferguson, um, RDA, um, Rafael Dos Anjos, uh, Dan Hooker, and then Paul Felder. Mm-hmm. So top five, man, is crazy. With Dustin, Aichi, Oliveira, Chandler, and Connor. Man, crazy. That's a, that's the, what what a crazy crazy division. But I think Dustin Poirier deserves it, man. He deserves whoever it's going to be against. He needs to do that. As for Conor McGregor, he's got to stay consistent. I agree with both of you guys. He got to get into the octagon more. He's got to continue to fight more, whatever that looks like. Who it's against? Who cares? Get him in there. This was the second biggest, I think, pay per view. Um, I don't know if it was second to Floyd and Conor or it was second to Khabib. And, and Connor, whatever. The, I don't know exactly. I just seen it quickly on my feed that it was the second highest pay-per-view. I don't know ever or, or you know, or just in with the UFC or MMA. But Connor's going to sell no matter what. Now, I think his mistake was because I think he trained really well. And I think he did, you know, everything he needed to do to win this fight. I think he needs to not keep thinking that he needs the octagon time in the sense of he needs rounds. That's not what he does. I think he should train for rounds and be ready for them because his MMF fight can go anywhere. But he got to come out hot like he did against Cerrone. He threw a huge punch as soon as that bell rang. And it flew past Cerrone's ear. And it led them into that clinch. And then he started throwing the shoulders. And then it was the kick. And then it was the left hand. But he's got to come out and he's got to throw combinations. And he's got to beat start quick. And I think that's Connor's game. Don't play this laid-back game where you this guy now, you know, could they're gonna take him down, they're gonna try to tire him out, and now they're gonna kick his leg. He's gotta make adjustments, and I think he will. But I, I totally agree. He's gotta stay as consistent as possible and stay in the octagon, and he will get chances. I agree with that. Chandler Hooker, great, great win by Michael Chandler, man. I mm-hmm. knew it was going to happen. If you listen back to the podcast, which, which I do all the time, I say he's gonna work his body and then he's gonna go up top. And he worked his body, and he went up top, and he got the finish. Michael Chandler hits hard. He's a great guy to add to this division. Right? what do you think about this fight, Michael Chandler, Dan Hooker? Uh, it was a good fight. Uh, you were right about Michael Chandler. Uh, and I think we all knew, uh, because you know we're MMA fans, that what Michael Chandler could do, he's not just some random guy they're throwing in to the UFC. But to me, Dan Hooker looked like he didn't even want to be in a fight. He looked like he was... Uh, deer in headlights I don't even know what analogy to make for what he looked like but he wasn't throwing really anything he just looked like a random dude you picked up off the street and fed him to the dogs uh I, I don't know what was going on if he you know didn't prepare or just got in there and you know sometimes the, the moment gets to you a little bit but he looked nothing like he did in the fight that he lost to Poirier. At least he was fighting back in that fight. You know, he he may have lost decisively in that one, but he looked he was putting together good combinations. He was being solid. This one he was running for ninety percent of the fight, throwing a very weak leg kick here and there. It didn't even look like it had any purpose behind it. And I, I mean, from the from the beginning, you, you could just tell Michael Chandler is going to win that fight. Uh, he was aggressive. He looked confident, and. Uh, I, I don't know where he where he goes from here. If he just needs to get his confidence back or what it is for Dan Hooker, but my, Michael Chandler is a really good piece to add to this already insanely deep division. So I'm excited for that. Definitely, man. And Chandler was chasing him down all fight and putting the pressure on him. And Hooker's a slow starter, and he's always been a slow starter. You can't be that way. Once again, if you know this, you have to recognize this at this level, and you have to make a change. You got to be ready in the octagon for your plan, plan A, plan B, plan C. You got to figure it out. Chandler did exactly what he needed to do, and then he put him out. Rich, what do you think? Were you impressed? Oh yeah, I was real impressed. I know on the podcast, I I picked Dan Hooker. Uh, just my heart was with Chandler. I'm pumped he got the win. 
I mean, he came out and he he was a typical Mike Chandler man, aggressive fighter coming at you. I mean, this kid, he's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'm so excited to see his upcoming fights, and I'm calling it now, man. He He's going to have that belt at some point. Whoa. Ooh, here we go. He's wow. going to have it. Funny you mentioned that. So let let me give you a couple, guys a couple matchups, and you can throw matchups out there too, and then we'll wrap up because it's getting late. I think it goes like this. Dustin Poirier versus Charles Oliveira for the belt, for the championship belt. Okay. They got they, they throw those two guys in there. That's one versus three at this point right now in the rankings. But Oliveira is on like an 8-9 win streak. Um, Dustin, 100% is in that slot. So I think – We've seen Dustin and, and Justin Gaethje already, so I think Oliveira, Dustin Poirier for the belt. I like then that. I like Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. I, I really like – I don't think Justin Gaethje should fall too far from where he, you know, being that, being that second guy and him, you know, beating top-level guys and being that talented. I don't think he should fight anyone really lower than that at this point. But So I like that too. I like Dustin versus Charles Oliveira. And I like Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. And then I'll, I'll tell you what I think about Connor. But what do you guys think about those fights? I like it. I, I think those are the matchups to make right now for that division. I think Oliveira, like you said, uh, threw together a really nice win streak. We're running through a division that we continuously say over and over again has so many talented fighters in it. Um, and then the icing on the cake was his performance against Tony Ferguson where he just was relentless and um yeah obviously we said dustin is that guy for the for the title shot so i think that fight makes sense i think the chandler uh chandler gaethje fight makes sense as well whereas chandler you throw him in there against you know a top five guy a top six guy and he puts on a performance like you hoped that he would now he gets his name recognition he was on a connor card so people were watching it um, I think that's a good fight to throw together. So uh, I'll wait for what you have for Connor ahead, but I like I like those two you made already. I, I have no no beef with that. What do you think, Rich? I love him. I I said it last I said it on the last podcast. I would I would love to see Justin Gaethje versus Michael Chandler. Mm-hmm. That would be an awesome fight to see. Oh yeah. Uh, and then you know the championship fight, great fight. Can't go wrong with any of those. Now, the big talk is this, though. The big talk is Connor wants Dustin rematch. Um, you know, it's 1-1. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of buzz, huge pay-per-view sell. I think if they run it back, it's definitely something very intriguing. But this time they can make it for the belt. Do you think this is appetizing, you mm-hmm. know, an appetizing fight to make, Rich? Connor versus Dustin, three for the belt. I just don't think it's fair to the rest of the, uh, of the division. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, business is business. You know, that's in a, that's going to draw in the, the, the money and the fans. And, mm-hmm. You know, sometimes, you know, business decisions aren't the, you know, the right deal well, for the business it is, but for the for the athletes it's not. But it is what it is. Yeah. What do you think, right? Does that make sense to you? Three. Uh, I mean, it, the fight makes sense eventually. You know, um, I think what Rich said is is right on. It it doesn't isn't really fair to the rest of the division, but sometimes things aren't fair, especially in in like you said a business. But I think I think they maybe wait on on the rematch. I think he wants it, but I think he knows that if he wants to keep fighting, he's not going to play this game where he waits for the, waits and waits and waits for the fight he wants again and. Because if he does, if he pulls a stunt like that and loses again, no one's, you know, we love you, Connor, but no, I don't think anyone's going to be willing to wait another two years to see him lose. So I think that if he he puts together maybe even one or two fight win streak, that that's the perfect matchup to make, depending what Dustin does. Um, I think that what we said before makes a lot of sense. Dustin versus Oliveira or whoever for the belt, uh, assuming Khabib doesn't come back, mm-hmm. and. Then from there, if maybe McGregor fights the winner of somebody, who, who knows? But I think that if they each get a fight or two in between, that would be the perfect fight, uh, the an insane fight for the belt, the uh, the trilogy. But mm-hmm. I, I just I don't know. It it doesn't make sense in terms of rankings and logistics. But money talks. So if if the money's right, I'm sure I'm sure they'll find a way to put it together. 
Oh yeah, oh yeah, without a doubt. Um, I think what also makes sense to me at this point, talking about a trilogy, I th- I would like to see kind of Nate three. You know, mm-hmm. Nate's talking about coming back and fighting, saying and fighting at one fifty five is where he wants to fight at. So, um, I I kind of like that fight. You know, I kind of like kind of Nate three. I also like kind of RDA. RDA had a really good fight against Paul Felder, who stepped in. It was supposed to be against Islam Mahakovic. I hope I said that okay. Um, <laughs> and Connor versus RDA was supposed to happen. RDA got hurt, had to back out, um, and it didn't. So I, I like that too. I like Connor versus Felder. I, I, they, these guys had a little chirping back and forth about, you know, who. who Connor always that says he's not the Irish dragon. He's not really Irish and all this other stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I like that fight. I think it's a brawl of a fight too. I like Hooker Connor go against the two guys who's supposed to, you know, the two guys who lost, you know, who are, you know, in in that main event last, mm-hmm. you know, at two fifty seven. See what they could do. I, I like Connor versus anybody, you know, in that area. Just right now, I really like Connor. Um, I like Connor Nate three. That's where I would like to really see Connor. Um, what about this? Connor fights Islam. Islam is um, Habib's cousin. They're oh. cousins. What about Connor fights him and and he beats him and maybe that brings back Habib and says, you know what? I'll fight this guy. <laughs> what you know? He beat now he's beating up my brother. You know? You know? What does this? What does this look like? I don't know. I think there's a million <laughs> options for Connor. Yeah. I just want to see him in in the UFC. I think that's the most important thing. Right. Do you agree? Just being in the UFC. You know. But what do you think? Connor Nate three. Anybody like that? Yeah. I don't. No, Rich? No. No. I, I think Connor should focus on fighting in his division and trying to get another title run. Why Why jump to 170 again? No, no, he's going to fight 155. He's going to fight 155. Okay, but that's still not relevant for that division. Nate's not in any of the – he's not in that division. He's not making a run for the title. Why throw that fight in there? I I want I want to see Connor fight in his division and make a title run. I don't want to see any of these other fights. You know, if Connor wants to do that fight, do it two years down the road when he's done making a title run push, or what title whatever. I can't I can't put words together tonight, guys. <laughs> Sorry. What do you think? Right? <laughs> you like Nate Connor three? Uh, I first of all, Rich, I I think title run push is fine. I think that sounds like a right. legit thing yeah, to yeah. say. Yeah, yeah. That's not definitely not your worst, <laughs> but um, I I mean. See, I'm on I'm on the fence about it because it does feel like a nostalgic fight. But I think Rich has a point to where I'm I'm done seeing I'm done seeing you know gimmicky fights. You know, I want it to make sense. I want him if he wants to go on a championship belt run, uh, that he's doing it in the right way. He's fighting the fights he has to do, so he's not you know it comes down to he's not jumping people in line just because he's Connor. You know, uh, I think that he knows the right way to go about it. And I think that I think he'll do it. Like you said, Mike, I think he's going to get the money no matter what it's McGregor. So they'll make the fight, right? He'll get paid for it. And I think he wants to make the, that championship belt run. Like Rich said. Oh, without a doubt. And I think to my man, Connor's credit and I, he gets so much heat because he's like expected to win every single time. And if he doesn't, it's like, Oh, this guy's washed up. This guy stinks. This guy isn't, you know, blah, blah, blah. All he says is whatever. This is MMA. No one has a perfect record except John Jones and, um, and, and, and Habib Nagamedov. Other than that, you know, there's not many other guys who have a zero. Maybe Anderson Zil- Silva, possibly. Um, I, don't, I don't think there's really anyone. Is there Sanya? Right now, right. Mm-hmm. And he's still got a lot of fighting still to go to. Oh, yeah. You know, that guy. But, like, to have a O, you know, in your uh, in your right column, that's a huge feat. And it's MMA, like I said. This is, this is not – Conor isn't obsessed with the belt, I don't think. He wants to fight fights. He wants to put on highlights. He wants big fights. He, he he doesn't care. You know, if he gets the belt, great. And I think it elevates him. But Conor doesn't need the belt, you know. And he, and he doesn't need, you know, to put on a, a performance every single time where people are like, oh, my gosh, you know, like, that. did you see that? Con-? He's He just wants to fight people and, mm. and lay off him a little bit. The meme is hilarious. Of him with the with the lady, <laughs> it's great. Yeah. Have fun with it, definitely. But like, also remember that he's an M- MMA fighter, and he fought Dustin Poirier. Like, do you people realize who Dustin Poirier is? 
I knew in my heart of hearts that Dustin Poirier was not the guy to fight. You know, and the fact that he gave him another shot is insane. Dustin Poirier is the best fighter besides Habib in that division. Like, once again, he came back and fought the best guy. That's what he does. No one does that. Mm. People don't do that in MMA. People don't do that in boxing. He fights anyone at any time. And usually it makes sense, you know, money-wise too. Unbelievable of a guy, if we think about this, who he's fought, who he's beaten, who he's given second, you know, let's let's fight again, who fought, he fought twice. It's like, it's crazy, man. Just put a little respect on this guy's name. Because, you know, he really is a heck of a fighter, man. And it's awesome to have him. It's awesome to have him. But, like, no one does that. No one fights the guys he fights. And he gets everyone a big payday, too. Oh, huge payday, bro. <laughs> huge payday, man. Unbelievable. The, the, the 155 division... Is on fire, and we're gonna get a ton of good fights. One that I just wanted to quickly throw at you guys that I heard today that's not in the 155, but what really was good to hear. Cody Garbrandt versus Jose Aldo is gonna be coming up. Crazy fight. Um, that I see Whitaker versus Paulo Costa. Paulo Costa, Costa. Yeah. Crazy fight. Adesanya versus Bahovich. Mm-hmm. Crazy fight. Um, they're probably close to doing Stipe versus Francis. Yep, they did. They did. That's a crazy fight. Um, I believe Sterling versus Yan. Yep. Crazy, yep. Another crazy fight, man. Who you know? This this the UFC is on fire, man. Oh yeah. This is one of the greatest sports that that that's out there, and we're just blessed to be able to see such crazy and amazing athletes. So, um, shout out to them. Shout out to our boy Dana White, who I know is a fan. We'll get him on at some point. <laughs> All the MMA questions that we want, man. But um. It's always good to see you guys. Oh, yeah. Episode, episode 109 is amazing. Anybody got anything to add? Oh, I'm good. I think I think we, we touch on everything we wanted to touch on. All right, perfect. Support us any way you could. Subscribe to us on YouTube. Oh, yeah. Uh, wherever you get your podcasts, holler at us with that. Ryan is pumping these out within no time. Come on. Let us know, let us know what you guys think. We Let's appreciate it, y'all. <laughs> episode 109. Peace. Peace.